Scott McNamara with What's Doing Adaptive Physical Education. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation with Charlie Rowe from Adaptability, which is a private APE organization who's delivering services in the Chicago area. I'm going to apologize uh, before we get started just because I had a cold while we were recording this, so if I found, sound a little nasally or stuffy, it's because I was. Um, so please bear with my, uh, my illness as I got better. I think of some of the allergies and starting to get used to that uh, Midwest summer again. So please enjoy and thanks for listening. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Scott McNamara with What's New in Adaptive Physical Education, bringing you another special episode of this wonderful podcast. Today we have Charlie Rowe, and Charlie Rowe is with Adaptability. And Adaptability is quite unique because it is a private company uh, that delivers APE services to students in the Chicago area in Illinois. Um, as far as I know, Charlie is probably the only person doing this, although he has several employees that are also doing it, but he's the only one that has a company that's doing this. Um, I'm going to let Charlie kind of explain in a little bit what exactly adaptive, uh, adaptability does, but I believe that they're going into schools, they're servicing kids, they're delivering PE services, they're consulting with their PE teachers, um, involved in some IEP meetings, doing Special Olympics, uh, offering and delivering professional development around the state. So um, I think they're doing something pretty cutting edge, and I'm really happy to have him on the show to talk a little bit more about adaptability and what he's done. So. With that, Charlie, I don't know if you want to offer anything else about adaptability um, right now, but with that, if you want to talk to me a little bit about your background in APE, um, how, you know, where were you before the company and how did you get involved in APE? Sure. Yeah. First off, uh, thanks for having me on, Scott. Uh, this is very exciting. Uh, something I've never done is uh, been on a podcast and something I've been wanting to do. So I appreciate the opportunity and I'm uh, Real excited to kind of share my experiences and, uh, you know, help support other APEs across the country. And maybe um, they can pick up a couple things here to help them, you know, improve themselves in their program. But, um, you know, your, your question about my background in APE. So prior to being an APE, um, I started off in special education. So I was an instructional assistant, you know, or paraprofessional uh, and an internal special education substitute teacher at a transition program. So I was working with uh, 18 to 22 year olds. Uh, it was challenging, very rewarding, and a great experience. I think something that really helped prepare me to flourish as an APE. Um, after that role, I transitioned into uh, what was called at the time an adapted physical educator uh, coordinator position for a Chicagoland special education cooperative. Uh, in this role, I taught, consulted, coached PE teachers and their support staff. Uh, and our special education programs at the co-op, as well as nine of our member school districts. Um, I was also very involved in Special Olympics, and I was our head Special Olympics coach, um, and ran a variety of swim programs as well, which was cool. So I kind of inherited um, Special Olympics from the person who retired before me, as well as the swim programs, and just kind of helped to grow them and, you know, uh, you know, grow and advocate and do more and more uh, in the community within Special Olympics. So, you know, to be honest, I mean, um, I loved 
you know, obviously, you know, anyone listening to this loves working with children with disabilities, students with disabilities. Um, and I had some friends that worked at the cooperative I was at, and they had told me that, you know, in the next year or two, our adapted PE coordinator is going to be retiring. I think this would be a great position for you and you'd really like it. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, yeah, I, I, I love that. So I went back to school and I got my LBS one and then um, I wanted to get involved in that cooperative. So um, I accepted a, a role as an instructional assistant and I was a one-to-one for about a month before my student that I was with aged out. And they just transmit, transitioned me into the day-to-day sub-job while they were kind of at the same time scouting me for the APE position they knew would be opening up. <laughs> so, yeah, I really learned a lot. Like, I, I, I truly believe that, that day-to-day being in special education classrooms really um, put me in the right position to flourish as an APE. And I'm not saying that's, like, needed for everybody, but it was a really great experience. Yeah, and I agree just kind of in a way that um... – it makes you a little unique in the field uh, to have that experience. I think I don't think it's necessary, um, but it definitely lets you because I have some of that experience as well. But anyway, let's go back to your. So okay, so the, let's go back to the co-op. You started working at the co-op as the APE in your consulting teachers. Yeah. So um, when I started the co-op, um, I was in eight schools a month. Um, you know, between all the roles that I had, um, which was very busy and very challenging, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I was also able to, because I was in so many schools, so many more than a lot of, you know, itinerant or traveling APEs are, I was able to learn and see how different schools um, and their programs are, not only within APE, but within PE and SPED as well. Um, So it was really eye-opening to see, you know, how different services are and how they render services differently in, you know, district to district. Um, so although very challenging, so I felt like I could never keep up, like my head was just always above water, but in time reflecting, I was like, that was a really great experience to see how different school districts really do operate, that it's not just cut and dry, like this is the way you do it. It's, it's really so much more than that. Um, you know, within outside of the schools, you know, I was able to work with a lot of amazing children with a lot of different disabilities uh, and age ranges too. Um, I taught once a week in early childhood class, so I was able to work with three to five-year-olds. I was still able to teach our transition class, so I was, you know, with the 18 to 22-year-olds, and then obviously the K-12, which was really busy, um, and it was just great to have, to work with so many different kids. Now, yes, I didn't have the ability, because I was kind of all over the place, to work with the same kids every day. Um, which was challenging, but I still was able to develop really great relationships. And I became kind of, uh, you know, a lot of the teachers would tell me like, whenever I would walk into a school, the students would see me and their eyes would light up. I was kind of like a surprise, even though I wasn't there every day or it was only once a month, it just wasn't as often as I, I would have liked. Uh, but the, the kids would just get very excited when I was there because I wasn't, uh, you know, it was just something different. And I'd always be lugging around you know, all my equipment and bags, you know, my garage, my car was always full, all these different equipment bags that I'd bring to the schools. Um, and it was just so great to see when I'd walk in, I'd see their excitement. I, I would say most students, because obviously as APs, we make students work pretty hard, but to see the, the excitement in their eyes is just awesome. Very cool. So, okay. So then talk to me about this transition. So you started this adaptability and how long have you been running now? Um, we are three years, like officially three years, like within this week, I believe. 
um, since our, our doors opened up per se, since we actually started to provide services three years. So walk us through uh, the transition from being an APE teacher slash consultant uh, to adaptability. How did that happen? Sure. Um, you know, really, as I started to service more and more students across more and more schools, I started to wonder, you know, how are our students being supported in other schools where they don't have access to adapted PE? Maybe the district doesn't have an adapted PE teacher. Maybe the co-op doesn't have an adapted PE teacher. How would these services or how would these students get these types of services that we all know is so imperative uh, to their growth and development? And I knew that I was really making a great impact on the students I worked with. And I started to kind of get, you know, upset, concerned that we're probably so many students not receiving appropriate PE or really any type of physical education that really needed it. Um, you know, one example would be I was working, uh, you know, as a consultant providing coaching and some direct minutes to some students at a uh, local high school. And I went in there and although I knew the school had this phenomenal rock wall, the student I was working with uh, was wheelchair bound with CP. And although we had a plan in place for parallel games and alternative activities, and I had peers ready to go with us, while we were doing it, the whole time, the student I was working with, he just kept looking over at the wall and looking over at the rock wall. And I just was like, okay, how can I figure out some way to have this student you know, have access to that rock wall or to be able to do something more in a line with a rock wall than what I had planned. And what I did was I uh, developed a relationship throughout the years with one of our maintenance men. And I started talking to him about it and I'm handy and he's really handy. So we built a wheelchair rock wall that this student was able to, in his wheelchair, with my support and his paraprofessional support, we held this rock wall that he was able to grab onto and climb up the rock wall. And we had like the same texture and we painted the same color. We got permission from the school to remove the rocks and put it onto our rock wall. So now every day that he was in that rock wall, he had his own rock wall where we gave him different games and challenges and activities that he can do. And it was really from there where I started to wonder if I wasn't here, would this student or this child ever have had that opportunity? And I was like, unfortunately, Probably not. So that's when like that day, the kind of idea clicked that maybe I can do something special. You know, maybe I can be, you know, an agent of change to bridge the gap, you know, so all students receive quality physical education or quality adapted physical education, um, however it may be rendered. And I started to talk through these ideas I had on how to make an impact. You know, I collaborated with a lot of people and I mean a lot, like a lot. Uh, administrators, special education teachers, um, physical education teachers, uh, business consultants, accountants, you know, like my whole team I got behind me um, to kind of see if this was possible that we, I could kind of leave and service students that wasn't in, um, you know, through a cooperative or a public school district. I had a lot of support. Um, pretty much everyone I talked to, for the most part, said, Charlie, yeah, I think this is a great idea. You should try it. Um, I did have a few people that told me it'd be possible, so I kind of had a chip on my shoulder to prove them wrong. Um, but I was very excited about doing this. Uh, but as anyone would expect, I was terrified to leave a steady 
career, you know, I was tenured, uh, especially having a family to support. Um, now I did have a background in business and management as I co-ran, you know, family business for eight years while in college and after college. So I had an understanding of how to run a business, which obviously immensely helped me. Um, but the education piece is where it's really at on how I went in this direction and how we've, you know, really started to grow uh, the past few years. You know, the personal touch on not what got the ideas going, but what made me do it was uh, in November of 2015, uh, I found out my niece, since soon to be goddaughter, would be born with Down syndrome and congenital heart disease. And within days, I mean, it, it, it may have even been that night when we found out, uh, my wife and I decided this was a sign and that I should move forward with this, not only to ensure that my niece has the opportunity for adapted physical education, wherever she may end up, you know, in, in her education, uh, you know, down the line, but that many other children that would have the same opportunity as well. So that's kind of really how it all started. Um, you know, when it did first start, I didn't think it would grow to where it is now this quickly. Um, and we are grow, starting to really grow immensely in the coming, you know, years. Um, you know, within that growth and part of the reasons outside of myself on why we've grown is, you know, adaptability has had a lot of support from uh, administrators, um, PE teachers, special education teachers, adaptive PE teachers, and then our communities and new organizations we've recently partnered with, partnered with as well. Um, this past year, I've really started to learn um, how important getting your community involved and you know partnering with organizations can really be an agent of change, you know, in education. So that's something I've really learned the past year um, since leaving the classroom uh, last year. And let, let's dive into that a little bit more in a moment. I, I just want to reflect on uh, one of the things you said, because it reminded me a lot of um, something I was told a long time ago now. Um, but you said kind of uh, while you're working with this child, uh, trying to get him on the block wall that you looked at yourself and you said, okay, and you finally got him to get this, like, you know, this, this experience that his peers are getting that otherwise he probably wasn't going to get. And you said, if he's not going to get it, for, if I'm not here, do this, is he ever going to do this? And you said, unfortunately, probably not. And I think that's a, a sad truth um, that we need to look at. And I think there's a lot of other jobs out there that, um, you know, not to say that we're like the most important thing ever or whatever, or, but I think that there is a truth to um, our job. A lot of people are going to just dismiss if we're not there. Um, you know, a lot of special ed teachers or paras aren't going to go and take that extra step to, to make sure that that happens. Uh, and, you know, they're focusing on other things themselves. But, you know, um, I was told a long time ago, kind of like um, I was sat down at the beginning of my master's program, I believe, and said kind of like, if not you, then who? And that's kind of been a driving thing. And I tell my students that every year, I say, if not you, who? If you're not the one that's going to try uh, to give them a physical education experience, to get them involved in physical activity and health, then who? Um, so true. And we have that responsibility um, to go above and beyond our jobs a lot of times uh, to make sure that happens because it really it is very true. So I, I appreciate you sharing that story. All right, going back to your... So your, um, your clientele, your employees, how you're growing, um, how many clients exactly do you have right now? Um, so we currently have 17 schools that we provide 
um, their adapted physical education services to. You know, whether it is direct services, which is primarily 75% of the time what we do, or, you know, consultation, you know, and coaching to PE teachers and their support staff. Um, you know, right now at Adaptability, we're a team of four. Uh, it's myself and two other full-time adapted PE teachers, John and Danielle, who are just absolutely wonderful. Um, and then uh, my wife, Julie, as well, who's a physical therapist, um, she does kind of a lot more of the back-end things uh, that I can't handle while I'm, you know, supporting and our APEs and other schools, APEs and PE teachers. So she's more of the back end things, but uh, her knowledge of physical therapy has certainly helped me grow as an adaptive physical educator and will help our team grow because she kind of had to take a step back this past year as we had a, uh, you know, a new baby. So wanted her to focus on being a mom um, and not so much on adaptability because she has another career as well as a physical therapist. I wonder, but, yeah, I wonder um, if we're a strong team um, and, you know, of those seven tools we're providing, uh, their adapted physical education services. It's 320 students. Um, more than 250 of those students had never received adapted PE or had access to adapted PE before adaptability opened. So uh, not only have we provided services to students that never had it or had access to, but we've also created jobs um, more than just adaptability. Um, we've created, or I've created, eight full-time adapted PE positions in Chicagoland uh, the past three years, uh, you know, via advocacy, uh, support, um, and just helping schools start programs, helping them build programs. And that's something, to be honest, I'm really proud of. Uh, I love the idea of creating jobs in education, especially when it's adapted PE jobs, which is where my passion is. Um, so I love helping schools just grow and improve because the need and demand Adapted physical education there. I know in Chicagoland and Illinois, and I'm sure you would completely agree that across the country as well. Yeah. I mean, there, there's pockets. You know, I think uh, I've talked to you before. I think places like California, you know, they have really strong um, associations and such. But, yes, over across the nation, absolutely. No, okay, so you're saying that, like, there's – you're starting jobs in schools. You're starting jobs all over. 250 of your kids, you said, about that. I never received it before. That's amazing. Now, so like as a school administrator coming in and saying, wow, I didn't realize this was possible. Um, like, like, how is that? Like, what, what is that, that, um, that agent of change that's occurring that that's kind of pushing them to do that within three years? It's kind of a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, a lot of administrators um, have reached out or contacted me or seen me or heard of me and said, wow, I didn't know adapted PE existed or what it really was, let alone that there was a company providing these services. Um, or there's been administrators that reached out like, oh, we have <clears throat> an adapted physical education program, but we need extra support. Um, you know, our adapted PE or adapted PE teachers' caseloads are too big. Um, they can't handle them, so we're looking for somebody for a couple hours here or there, a couple days. Um, so they have that knowledge of adapted PE, but they still need the support and the immediate response and flexibility that we can provide. And then there's been um, administrators that just contacted me. They're like, you know what? I'm not sure if we have adapted PE. I'm not sure how our students are being served in physical education. 
Could you, you know, meet with our team? Could you come in for some observations? Uh, you know, just kind of let her know, let us know your thoughts. And, you know, you're going to hear me say it a million times, like, yes, you know, I'm very flexible. Um, and, you know, I'm able to hopefully meet your unique needs or help you build your programs or whatever you need me to do. I'm going to do my best to do it. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, it's kind of almost like a field of dreams. Like it's uh, if we build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, no, no, that's great. So while we're still on that, that topic of your employees and such, so you have four employees, I believe you said, uh, where are you finding these, uh, th these employees at? That's a great question. Um, and that's really a challenge to be honest. Um, you know, I'm always scouting potential APs. Um, most of the time it's done at conferences and universities. Um, I have a handful of Chicago and universities where I have relationships with professors. Um, and even before, you know, I opened adaptability, they'd have me come in and just talk to their undergrads. I just kind of volunteered to talk about what I did, what adapted physical education is, um, and then just kind of answer any questions they may have. Um, so, you know, since opening adaptability, now I do that stuff, I am definitely scouting and paying attention to who's asking questions, what questions they're asking, and, you know, being like, this person really is interested in going into adapted PE. You know, I'm going to watch for them down the line um, when they're coming out of school because I want them to join our team. Um, and then I've had some, you know, just professors that I've, you know, the email that I've contacted, hey, we're growing, we're going to have some positions opening. Um, do you have anyone you recommend? And, you know, it worked out well with one of our APs and like, yep, this is your person. And it worked out. <laughs> um, so really just that person to person feel I like, you know, again, at conferences and universities talking to people. Um, and then, you know, as far as where I'm posting positions, you know, we posted on our website, social media, um, and then indeed as well. Um, unfortunately, K 12 job spot, which I know is like, big company for um, these positions are way too expensive for a small company like us. So uh, at the time, we just can't afford to put those positions on there for that visibility. But luckily through, again, referrals, communications, universities, networking with other APEs, um, that, you know, that's how we've done it thus far. What do you think that, so as, as being a private company, obviously you're from a very unique background now, or, you know, you have a very unique insight. Uh, being a private business and going into schools like this, uh, at least in our field. So how do you think that you going into the school, you said about 75% of what you're doing is direct service. Um, how do you think this impacts students with disabilities, you being a private industry rather than part of the public schools? Um, are there positives and negatives to that? Sure. Yeah. You know, from a, a rendering of services, you know, f f for the student, there isn't a single minus to how the student's receives their services, whether it's in public education, non-public education, non-for-profit education, or private education. On our end, since we are, you know, private, um, we are not a bureaucracy, and we can move rather quickly to ensure students need them. Um, you know, the process in public education can, you know, can understandably be slow. Um, you know, I've in the past met with the school, determined their needs, and then started to serve them in less than one week. Um, you know, this flexibility and this ability to respond quickly is really important, especially in districts when the traveling is required from their APEs and the caseloads and the schedules and all that stuff isn't figured out until August. Um, so we definitely have schools that come August, September, 
they're calling me, emailing me like, Charlie, we didn't know that we'd have a 1.2 FTE need or 2.5. Can you help us? And, you know, I'm there to be like, yes, you know, we can certainly help if we can, if we have, you know, the staff in place that have the flexibility to, you know, provide those services. Um, You know, the only negative aspects that I've heard and there's been concerns about, and which I completely understand, is that there's been APEs that we're concerned that we were in existence, we we're here to undercut APEs, um, which is not the case at all. And I'm pretty sure everyone's kind of learned that, getting to know me. Um, we're creating more APE positions and we're supporting current APEs. Um, we've raised a lot of awareness, um, which is, you know, again, created more and more APE jobs, you know, through adaptability, eight of them the past three years. Um, so how the services are rendered, um, you know, from whatever type of public, non-public, private education, from a student perspective, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, to be honest, when I started this, I was going to be a non-for-profit organization, but after dealing with multiple accounts, they told me it wasn't a great idea because I would not be able to respond as quickly to district needs as we can from the private aspect. That's why we are a private company. Um, is respond very fast in order to help schools and help students. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I, uh, yeah, no, I, and, and who is, um, you know, that negative aspect that you said you kind of cleared up, where is that coming from? Is that coming from the schools? Is that coming maybe more from conferences? It's, it's just been a, a, a couple adapted PE teachers that I know. Um, no, not, not a, you know, no schools or administrators, just a few that were just concerned and they voiced their concern to me. And I explained that, you know, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. Um, again, I understood the question and I just wanted them to know, like, we're not here to, to undercut jobs or do anything like that. We're only doing, you know, amazing things. Sure. And there's only five of you right now too. So it's not like you're, yeah. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of APE jobs and there's obviously a lot of kids not getting the services. Yeah. Well, in, in Chicagoland, um, I, this wasn't from me, but I heard from another, you know, well-regarded AP that north of I-80, which I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, um, which is where you're really in Chicagoland, there was three full-time unfilled adapted PE positions in Illinois that's active. Full-time, not part-time, you know, full-time with benefits and insurance that were posted for months that were never filled. The demand is truly here in Illinois and Chicagoland. And because of what we're doing, it's going to increase tenfold over the next few years. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit about your future then. Uh, where do you see yourself going then in the next five to 10 years or, or next year? How are you going to grow? Um, you know, for the next 16 months, that's where like our kind of our focus and our strategic planning is right now. Um, we do plan to grow um, quite a bit and have multiple full-time adapted PE positions open for, um, our, you know, more schools we're going to be partnering with and growing into. Um, you know, down the line in five years, uh, I could potentially see us scaling into other regions, but that is very premature for me to say because uh, I'm very unsure that far out. Um, you know, Chicagoland is where all my knowledge is, is where all my experiences, it's all my support is, it's where all my relationships are, because um, relationships is a really big thing in education. Um, so I have so much that I need to learn in order to scale, 
you know, in a couple of years down the line into other regions across the country. Very cool. And, and um, okay, let's talk a little bit about going into other regions because I think I, my listeners are going to listen to you, right? And they're going to, I mean, there's going to be a lot of different, there's going to be people locally that are going to be like, you know, I'm going to reach out to Charlie or something like that. But a lot of them are going to say, okay, how does this apply to me? And, you know, I think I would like to know, do you think that this could occur in other areas and you think it's likely that it occurs in other areas is this going to happen in florida is this going to happen i mean that's because we have listeners from across the nation do you think that that could happen i think it's very possible yes um you know there's obviously so many factors that would change state to state again like things that i'm unsure of and factors on why we've grown and been successful but you know i'm the mindset anything's possible you know if you're a good kind person, you know, a superhero per se, and you're doing good things, people are going to want to support you and you're going to build relationships and you can be an agent of change. You know, um, five years ago, never in a million years did I think I'd be where I am right now. Um, seriously, never in a million years. So I hope there's a lot of people out there listening that, um, feel they can be an agent of change or whatever they're passionate about. Um, and go, go do it. Yeah. What, what, what a piece of advice would you give somebody that maybe wanted to step out into the private sector, uh, within the field of AP? <laughs> uh, well, be ready for some, uh, immense challenges and stress. Um, be ready to have many doors <laughs> shut on you, uh, over and over. Um, but just get up every day and put your best foot forward. Um, you know, everything, what we're doing is wonderful, but, uh, from a personal, uh, aspect, the last three years up until last year was extremely challenging, uh, extremely, um, a, a lot of stress, a lot of work, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of anxiety. Um, it was very, very difficult, but it's possible. Yeah. And if somebody started their a company, even if it was, or maybe it's Indiana or something, so a close by state, what do you see a um, ability to kind of collaborate with them? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm the mindset that we're all people first. And I think what's amazing about people is that we can really help and support each other. Um, you know, we're people first and then other things come after. So I love supporting people and doing good things um, to say that I would be able to help as much as I like. Yeah. Um, would probably be untrue um, just because I finally created a work-life balance and I've got two little kids. So I'm kind of done with these 12 hour days, 60, 70 hour work weeks. But yeah, if, you know, if I can help anybody in the, the, the small amount of time that I have outside of my family and adaptability, definitely would. Yeah. I did. I'm just very interested in seeing um, this, this grow. And I've really enjoyed having your perspective on here. I enjoy um, hearing somebody that's in that entrepreneurship, but also very, um, like you said, you're, you're, you're in the business of people. And so you're not trying to take away jobs. You're trying to create jobs. You're trying to better people's life. You're not going into from this private sector. I think that some of us in public education maybe sometimes have like the private business guys or the bad guys or something like that. I mean, you're, you're, you're about the people. You're about um, all those things. So it's been a really good pleasure to have you on this and, and offer this unique perspective. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, uh, you know, about yourself or about adaptability? 
Um, you know, just a couple things that are just off the top of my head. You know, the first thing is back to like the people and, you know, making that leap that I made, you know, um, really getting involved in your community and other organizations um, and parents is a big agent of change. Um, I put a lot of focus just into teachers and administrators and felt kind of stuck. And since I've gone more to working with parents and other organizations and partners and really great people, I felt like I've opened so many more doors. So just know you can be an agent of change and utilize so many different resources that are out there. Don't fixate on, uh, you know, fixating one thing in this one specific way, like just continue to be adaptable and flexible. You know, I think that's why we've grown so much is I think one of my strengths is an APE. I think a strength of all APEs is we're very creative. We're very flexible. We're very adaptable. Um, so no matter what you do, always remember those three things, you know, when you're trying to uh, better our country or your state or your community, whatever it may be, or the world. Um, I also wanted people to know that, um, you know, continue to adapted continue to, and this is, you know, look who's calling the cattle black. I am not great with podcasts or social media. It's something I'm looking to improve upon, but um, be involved. Definitely stay involved. I felt um, when I was at the co-op, although I worked with some amazing people, I was the only adapted PE teacher throughout many districts. And I felt like I was on an island all the time. And that's just not a great feeling. So really collaborate with other APEs, even if you meet for coffee a couple times a year, get involved with your state organization. Um, just really being involved in different ways will help you to push you to further, you know, improve as an educator, um, but also give you new ideas and see what other people are doing so you don't kind of get stuck. Because um, getting stuck is it's just not a great feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, we, we talked a little bit about that for the podcast about how our field, because we can be siloed kind of um, lends ourselves sometimes to being a static field because there's always a, a N of one rather than many of us. Um, and so there's a lot more siloing. You can't spread our ideas or share our ideas. So using things like social media, the podcast or creating a private business where you have employees or you can talk to that are all APE specialists. I mean, that's why I was really interested in having you on the show is because you're coming from this very innovative uh, entrepreneurial uh, mindset in a field that is, um, I think, sometimes lacking that stuff. Yeah. Like one of the things we do at Adaptability that I love is um, <clears throat> once a month we have a, a team collaboration. So after school, we go out to dinner and we just have a big collaboration and support each other. Um, oh, I, I, I just had this experience. How would you address it? Or I just learned this or I saw this. And it's just a big collaboration. And we only do it once a month, but it is extremely successful. And then we also, I meet with our staff one-to-one um, -one twice a month. And it's just more of like a one-to-one -one support and collaboration. Um, so I'm, that's another thing within Adaptability I'm really proud of. We have a team. Our team's going to continue to grow. So if there's anyone out there listening that is uh, looking to make a leap into adaptive physical education, wherever it may be, um, you know, in Chicagoland, uh, Chicago suburbs, we're going to be growing immensely uh, in the next 16 months. So please reach out um, to me directly if uh, you're interested in joining our team. Absolutely. And if I, I get any emails, I'll pass them along to you as well. So 
Charlie, with that, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about uh, adaptability and kind of the great things that you're doing in Chicagoland. I hope our listeners uh, get inspired by this and, uh, you know, think about how can they get involved in their community, maybe in, uh, in some different ways. So thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for everything you're doing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to that awesome conversation. Make sure you follow Charlie Rowe on Adaptability or Adaptability PE on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all the social media. With that, we're going to have some other uh, exciting episodes coming up very soon. I'm going to ISAPA, which I had some uh, past podcast episodes on this week. So I'll definitely do a recap of that. I also will have um, a Paralympian who's going to be on very shortly. And hopefully we're going to have a conversation with some people, experts in social justice and PE. With that, I hope everyone is enjoying their summers and getting a tan. Uh, and we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Thank you.